Hey guys, and welcome back to another week's episode. We are almost finished with the season, and I cannot believe that we are eight episodes in. Every season will consist of 12 episodes, and we only have four left until we are almost done. We have a few guests coming to join us for those last few episodes, and I'm just so excited about all the great things that we have been doing, all the people that we've been able to reach, and it's really thanks to you guys. Y'all have been sharing my podcast, y'all have been rating it and sending in your little reviews and y'all just been doing your thing and I really really appreciate it from the bottom of my heart thank you really really thank you I love you I appreciate it I've just never felt this much love from a bunch of strangers that have not seen my face and so we're gonna get into today's topic because y'all today's topic is so good oh my goodness Oh my goodness, this is one of my most talked about topics, especially when I'm talking to parents as a speaker and as a parent coach. I make sure I let my parents feel so confident after this conversation. And let's get into it. Now, you know what we're about to do. Question of the week is, have you ever felt intimidated by someone simply because of their education? This ties in very, very well with today's topic, which is how to feel like a boss. Not boss, boss, okay? The big bees. At the pediatrician's or doctor's office, whether it's for you as a pregnant mama or a pregnant person, or whether you're going with your child now and your family, and to remember that. Doctors and medical professionals are not your boss. Let's get into this topic. So let me start off by saying that I am extremely grateful for the access to medical support and expertise that I have gained throughout the years, especially legit. I mean, if you're a Caribbean, African, a person of color, even people of non-color, but more particularly people of color, because that's what I'm talking about. And two, we have always been told there's three jobs that you can either be an engineer, a doctor, or a lawyer. And nurse, teacher can follow kind of behind that. But literally everyone in my family is in the medical field, whether they're respiratory therapists, occupational therapists, dentist, doctor, however, whatever they're doing, nurse, CNA, LPN, something, but they're in the medical field. And I have been brought up by all of them. I have learned so many things. I grew up literally in a nursing home because <laughs> that was my mom's job. That was her job. And I, I mean, just being able to be in contact with people all the time and, and that staff, those terminologies really helped me understand the kind of care that I deserve because as we know, and this is the reason why we have started this organization is to bring that awareness and that advocacy to our brown mothers who are literally dying from the lack of maternal care going on in the United States of fucking America. And so with that being said, I gratefully utilize my pediatrician when I decide 
that their medical knowledge and access to medication would be advantageous or a benefit for my child. I do want to say that this is not a piece. This is not me speaking out harm, any harm or ill will against pediatricians. I love every single person in the medical field. I appreciate your expertise, your education, your experience, and your knowledge as I have experience, expertise, skills, and knowledge. However, like I said, this is a space and a place for you to be able to empower yourself when you are going to the doctor's office. And I mentioned the pediatrician because there's a when it comes to your kids, it's a different ballgame. The care that I want for me is, that's my care. But you're speaking to a child that is not able to understand um, or is even aware of the care that they're receiving. And so I want to make sure that you understand as my listener how to empower yourself and really feel like a boss. Like I said, HBIC up in this hole. Okay. And so, so, don't say that at the office. Um, Or say it. I don't care. What they're going to do? Pick you out? Anyways, there seems to be, however, some kind of confusion where parents, often young, and, you know, I've noticed in, you know, in the groups and the events that I've been in that um, it's often parents who are younger or uh, single families, so whether it's a single mom or a single father, um, when they walk into the exam room offering their baby at the feet of the pediatric deity, you're just giving your baby off with no concern, no questions, no comments. You're not peering over the doctor's shoulder like, what you doing over there? What's that? How that work? What it's made with? Nothing. You're literally just going into the office. Sometimes I've seen people on their phones and the doctor's just doing absolutely whatever. They're like, oh, your baby needs 600 shots today. And you're like, okay, girl, what? Boy, what? You just go, I don't care how many plaques you got on that damn wall. I need to know why they need so many of this. Why? What is in it? What is, is it a combo shot? What is happening? And we're not even going to get into the whole vaccine situation because vaxxed or not, I don't care, but you should be aware of what's happening in your child's life, period. And so we, we end up unquestioning acceptance of every word that comes out of their mouth as the word of the MDs, going to the pediatrician seeking approval for parenting decisions accepting the advice of pediatricians on topics beyond their scope, which is, ooh, ooh, my blood is about to boil with this topic. That shit pissed me off. And asking permission are all mistakes parents make that distort the reality of the relationship and perpetuate a grossly screwed power difference. Now, I'm going to say this because this is this is a personal topic for me. I have experienced this. I've been in this place. So I'm not sitting here from a place of judgment like, yeah, I have people who are doctors in my family. So I knew it. Not at all. I still go to the doctor's office and scared, nervous. I forget all the questions that I had. I don't know what to say. I'm just sitting there like a deer in headlights. If that, I'm just confused. And there's something about being knowledgeable about what, what's going to happen before the appointment. And so whether you're calling in for your baby's first um, newborn checkup 
or it's their, you know, three-month check-in or what, whichever check-in point we're at because your baby should be checked whether you're vaccinated, you decide to vaccine, vaccinate, Jesus, or not, um, you do want your baby to at least be looked at for, you know, gosh forbid, any concerns or abnormalities. And so you, you want to at least know, okay, when you call in, what checkup is this for again? Oh, it's for the newborn checkup. Well, how do can you give me a quick rundown on how that looked like? What 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 should I expect? Is there anything that I should bring? Is there anything that I should know that might happen? A lot of offices um, are very open to answering those questions on the phone. Some might say, "Oh, you'll find out the day of your appointment." Um, if if you're comfortable with that, then you know do that, and you are free to walk out of an office if you don't agree with what the doctor or the nurses are saying or doing. Um, but it's best, very best to find out what's happening beforehand. So that way you can go into the office and the appointment confident that you know what's happening, aware of things that you may not want to have happen so that they already know. Don't bring out nothing because ain't nothing happening today and so on. I've definitely done that a few times um, because we have our own vaccine schedule. So we go in disrupting everything. And so what's the problem? You know, some people might be like, well, what's the big deal? The doctor knows best. They went to school for 8, 12 years. They did residency, whatever, whatever and stuff. The problem is that it invalidates and denies your wisdom and your voice. You are not just speaking for yourself. You are speaking for another human who is unable to speak for themselves. And so when you do that, or let's say your parents have done that, it creates that continuous habit and cycle that you just go to the doctor's office and you just take in whatever they're saying to you. You take whatever drug, you take whatever did, whatever that, they do whatever they want. And then, you know, God forbid, they weren't supposed to do that. The medication was wrong. You didn't ask enough questions. They didn't do enough digging. And we have to be really honest. This is concerns and problems that we see a lot in our community where Doctors will undermine us. They will ignore us. They will act like we are single parents and just it doesn't matter, you know. And I'm actually going to talk about a racist experience that I've had in Georgia in another episode. So get ready for that. But, you know, just to briefly talk about that for a second, I legit went to a new facility to, you know, just kind of have a you know, just to confirm my pregnancy, I wasn't going to keep them as my um, providers because I knew I wanted to have a midwife, but I wanted to confirm my pregnancy and how far along I was. And I walked into the office. It was cold. I was the only person of color there. None of the front desk receptionists were people of color, so that already kind of throws me off. Feeling a little shaky now. And with that, I you know, went in, signed my name. They didn't even say hi or anything. And I'm always very polite saying, hello, how are you? Just a dry hi, cool, whatever. And when they're doing my intake form and asking me questions and, you know, I'm, I'm married, I'm educated and whatnot, they had the audacity to, before they even looked at my chart that was already filled out because they asked me to, she said, oh, so um, is this your second kid? How many kids is this? I'm like, my first, and they're like, oh, so you know the father? Yeah, my husband. Oh, you're married? Yeah, I'm married. Oh, is this his first baby? Yeah, it's his first baby, too. 
Oh, really? What's your highest level of education? Oh, you have what degree? You were educated? Oh, as soon as they found out all of this information, because apparently it mattered to them, my level of care increased immediately. I mean, they were saying hello, everyone was greeting me, everyone was nice, and I was appalled that because of my marital status, apparently the number of babies I have, and I don't have more than one, you know, father of my child in my education, that that is supposed to mean that I deserve a higher level of care than anyone else. And that is the problem with, you know, oftentimes just going into a medical office is that it doesn't, it shouldn't matter any of those things. What my socioeconomical purpose in this is, like, what does that matter? It's bad enough that I'm the only person of color here. Then you're going to add in all that bullshit? No. And so this is why I love this topic and I'm very stern about it because your care matters and you have to be in charge of your care because if they're not going to be in charge of this sis, who is? Who's going to care for you if it ain't you? Who's going to worry about you if it's not you? You have to worry about you. You got to care for what's happening to you or to your child. Sorry if it sounds like I'm screaming. I just get real passionate. And so with that experience in hand, I knew that I'm from New York. All of my care has ever only been in New York. It wasn't until I got pregnant that I had to get care in Georgia because that's where I was living now. And jeez Louise, you would have thought this was kind of, not, not, let me be blunt. This is a third world country down here. Most of the states down south act like third world countries. And we talk a lot of shit about them, which is weird because they're doing a lot better in maternal health care than we are. <laughs> That's weird. Um, I've never had such disgusting bedside manner in my entire life. I've never had people make me feel so insolent. It's absolutely disgusting. And I hate having to pull out that, oh, I'm this card or I, I, I'm that card. or Because I, I shouldn't have to who I am, what I do outside of this office should not be the determining factor on how you just you deserve how I deserve to be treated. It just does not make any sense and the fact that people try to correlate those two is really absurd to me. And so the problem, like I mentioned, with you know having your voice be denied and invalidated is that it leads you to being herded into parenting choices that you might not know are unsuitable for your baby. As a parent, it is your job. I'm going to say that again. It might be a little hard to hear, but it is your job to do the research, not the doctors. Even for your own care, it is your job to do the research, no matter what it is, even if you are having symptoms of something, even if most of your answers are coming from WebMD, guess what? When you go into that office and you're like, hey, last night, man, I was checking on WebMD. I was, I was Googling my ass off and I was looking up these symptoms and this is what I found out. Mm -mm -mm -mm. Let's talk about how, why none of these could be or how one of them could be the possibility. 
a doctor should be a it's a partnership. And just like any partnership, relationship or whatever, it has to be equal in what we're giving or taking. And too many times we let doctors take and take, they take our bodies, they take our minds, they take our, they, they're just taking, they take our lives, literally for a lot of us. And we have to stop them somewhere. They can't just run our lives just because you have a nice little plaque on the wall. Kudos to you, but honey, that is not, that's not a determining factor for why I'm going to just do whatever you say I should do. Come on now. And so as it's, since it's your job, to do the research, you have to use that research that you've done yourself. And what I like to do is I'll go into the doctor's office with already questions on my notes. I have a way and a schedule that I'm going to be running things and doing things. And I let them know beforehand. And if anyone in staff is confused, I, you know, make sure that they're aware I always get names. I'm never, oh, so-and-so, uh, the lady, mm-mm. people change their hair, people quit, people do a lot of things. But your name, that ain't changing. Get their name, if they have a badge number, whatever it, whatever it is that, that you need to get to confirm that Dr. Superhoban told me that I can do this, so... you. Get those names out because once you have that name on form, it's like, oh, that person's right there for her. Oh, okay. And if you want to clarify with them, you can. Period. Huh? <laughs> um, another thing I like to do is voice record. You can definitely ask your doctor's office if they have a problem with voice recording um, the meeting or the, <laughs> the meeting, the appointment. 99% of them should be okay with it. Um, the ones that are you might want to see why they're so sketchy because it's different for video recordings because they have the fear of getting their face caught into it. But a voice recording is just recording voices. And if you don't want me to record this conversation or what's happening here, then something shady is happening. And so I like to usually throw that into a conversation or into an appointment just to kind of see how I'm trying to shake the room. If everybody's like, yeah, of course you can, then that's a good sign. If they're like, oh no, our office doesn't allow that. Why doesn't it allow that? Oh, um, it, it's it's just policy. Oh, okay, I'm taking my child and we're leaving since this policy of yours seems redundant. And that's perfectly fine for you to do. I use Medicare, Medicaid. I am never sure which one it is, but it's the one for the people who are not told. And so um, for our daughter, because child it is a lot cheaper to just use them for anything. And so, and she gets... Free healthcare. I don't have to pay for anything. Any visit, dentist, nothing. So why not? And I'm not just why not. And so um, you can walk out of an office. Let them know that you that let the provider, your insurance, and also the doctor's office know that the appointment was not completed. Do not report to the insurance company that this was a completed appointment, especially if you have Medicare. Um, so that the, your insurance can verify that and also call your insurance either after that and let them know that, hey, this is what happened. I felt uncomfortable, so I left. I don't consider this a completed appointment. I'll be looking for services somewhere else, and I'm going to need you to pay for that because they do have a schedule 
you know, they know when you're going so they can pay for that specific appointment. So you can just walk out, feel confident in walking out as well. And if you, you know, never sure, call your insurance beforehand. They're really great at answering questions. And a lot of the times they have all of these things answered in your benefit package or on their website. So definitely, definitely, this is important for you to do the research so that you can be well equipped and well aware of the things that you can do and the rights that you have, because we all have rights. Another subtopic in this large topic is you are your child's biggest advocate in all scenarios. As soon as you have a child, you have signed your life away to become an advocate, period. If that is something you are not doing, you might want to reconsider how you are doing things. However, you are your child's advocate, especially, and that includes medical professionals, families, whomever, someone of authority. Parents frequently seek out the advice of pediatricians, and pediatricians often offer unsolicited advice on topics beyond their scope. Let's revisit what the scope of most pediatricians are unless said otherwise. The basic scope of a pediatrician includes all of the things that they have been thoroughly trained for. Um, That usually does not include breastfeeding, nutrition, vaccines, really. They kind of get a, a very general scope on it. And it's most of the stuff that you can find on the CDC's website. Does that mean the CDC is always right? No. Am I going to follow people who are not perfect? No. Am I going to do my own research so I can see what's the best choices for my family and my child? Yes. And if that just so happens to align with the CDC's recommendation, then great. If not, wonderful. We're going to still do things our way. And that's also uh, something that I'll be talking about in another episode because I don't want this episode to be too long. I know you guys like the long ones, but (laughs) we cannot. It's a baby. Um, But, for example, like I said, um, for most pediatricians, unless they choose to get these, you know, additional certifications, but most of them don't, they have virtually no training on breastfeeding. None whatsoever. Like lactation consult, they're not that unless they have mentioned that they are trained and certified in lactation consultant consulting. But other than that, they should not be giving you advice on when to breastfeed your child, how long to breastfeed your child for, when to stop breastfeeding your child. They that's not their job. That's not even in their job description. Stop letting people that is that this is not their topic, talking about their topic too, it's just, it doesn't make sense. It really doesn't. If you want to talk about breastfeeding and lactation, go to a lactation consultant. That is literally their job. That's what they fully trained for. A lot of these topics are literally just chapters in someone's textbook. But as far as a full, in-depth researching process, no. It's not. And, you know, other... Medical issues, of course, should be within your pediatrician's scope, like if your kid has an allergy or a cold or fever, that is definitely the job of your pediatrician. That's what they're there for. 
But you can't go to your pediatrician hoping for advice on your child's teeth. That's not their job. They're not a dentist. They're not an orthodontist if you want to get braces or whatever. If you're worried about your child's feet, they're not a podiatrist. Everybody has their scope. They have their knowledge. That's why there's different branches and, you know, medical professionals. Go to the one that you need answers from and for specifically. That is really, really important because I've had moms in my parent coaching master classes who are like, well, my, my family is vegan and I've had my pediatrician say that I'm starving my child and that they're they're falling behind on all of these things and that I need to feed them meat and give them that and give them this. And all it took was a, chair, a change of provider and all of a sudden the child is, oh, your child is doing fine. Your child is well on the, you know, the percentile and all that stuff or they're doing great or... They'll do other tests to check in your child, you know, iron, thyroid, hemoglobin, all that stuff. And everything is great. Might be a little lower in some areas. Okay, we might have some recommendations on things that you can, you know, maybe add in into your child's eating habits. But other than that, your child is fine. So, you know, sometimes it just takes someone else who's more versed in what you're looking for to actually have a really good conversation and experience about it. Breastfeeding one is definitely a hot topic. Please don't ask your damn pediatrician about breastfeeding advice. They don't know shit damn. Um, <laughs> however, there's plenty of people who have been hurdled by the opinions and advice of pediatricians simply because they believe they can give it. And this is going to be the biggest subtopic that I have. Literally. The biggest subtopic. And I hope you're paying very, very close attention to this one. Write it down if you don't, or go ahead and read it on my blog post if you want to remember these and have this saved in your back pocket, because I do have some responses that you can give out to some pediatricians and an experience that I've had as well. Their advice, and all medical advice, is a recommendation. Let's say it again. Recommendation. Yes. It's an option. It's not the final say. You have the final say. And I love the fact that I'm in, I, I, I trained in English and linguistic and communications because, and this is what a lot of our politicians and people who love to, you know, throw in propaganda do. They like to cho they choose their words. They're not going to say, oh, well, you can do this if you want. I ain't never heard no doctor say that to me. But what they will say is, I highly recommend you choosing this route. I highly encourage that you do things like this. I suggest that your kid will be better off if you did this. All of those words are optional. Those are recommendations. They are not telling you, your child needs this now. Now, if that's the case, then your child needs this now. But 99% of the conversations that are happening are optional. They're just recommendations. So take them as that. Take in what they're saying. Put in, once again, your own research, your own wisdom, your own expertise and experience, and apply it to that. If it works for you, it works for you. If it doesn't, then it doesn't and ask them if they have other recommendations. If they don't, look for someone else. 
you have that option. You don't have to stay with a provider because you grew up with them and they did you and your cousins and your... It don't matter. You can change providers. You can always do that. That's why there's so many. That's literally why the American insurance is on a marketplace and it's not privatized or anything. You can go shopping. Shop for providers. Do that. Until we have decided and made a very equal, equitable, caring, loving healthcare system for all people, you will have to shop for your best provider. And I hope that just as much as you can shop for nice shoes and a nice bag and some nice sunglasses, that you are doing the proper research and dedication for your own provider, for your family and your kids as well. So non-medical aspects of, like I, I like to say, nighttime parenting, which is how your baby sleeps, for example, would fall under this category. A surprisingly great deal of parenting advice from pediatrician to parent is based on personal experiences and preferences, not medical or scientific-based facts or training, neither. And my recommend my favorite recommended like response filter to these things or these questions is based on what? Oh, that shuts them up real quick, honey. Because now you have to actually back up what you're saying. And so, for example, these are some things that I've heard from my personal experience. <clears throat> this is the doctor speaking. By eight weeks, you should seize all night feedings. She no longer needs that and you are setting up bad habits. She is capable of sleeping through the night. My response, based on what? Uh, well, he doesn't need it. My response, once again. So you don't actually have medical science to support those recommendations. Do you have specific breastfeeding or nighttime parenting training that informs that recommendation? Or is that just your personal opinion? I've legit said that to a pediatrician before and I will say it again to them. Because you can't, you, just because you've, you know, let's say sleep trained your child, doesn't mean that I have to sleep train my child. Just because you stopped feeding them at night, by the time they were eight weeks, poor baby, that doesn't mean anything for mine. Just because you recommend, there's a lot of doctors that would recommend giving your child solids at four months. What? No, please do not give your child solids at four months. Wait until the recommended six months, but, or they'll say you have to stop breastfeeding at 12 months. There are so many things that doctors will say that is literally just their own personal opinion. And a lot of times these doctors hide behind that badge of MD and just give you personal opinions on things that they have no scope or training in. Now, for instance, me, on the other hand, I am a trained holistic doula in prenatal and postpartum. I am a certified child psychologist in development and neuroscience. I am a certified behavioral psychologist. I'm a certified Montessori fundamental and principal educator. And I'm also like, I have experience. I have the knowledge behind this shit. I'm talking. I'm not just talking shit to talk shit. You know, I'm trained in breastfeeding and lactation. 
so I can talk about these topics. The things that I'm not knowledgeable on, guess what? I don't talk about them. Why? Because I don't know about them. I may have some experience, but I don't really know the, the, you know, the ins and the outs. So I'm going to leave that to the professionals. And that's sometimes the disregarding portion about pediatricians. They won't recommend you to someone who might actually know what they're talking about. If you're asking for breastfeeding questions, they're not going to say, oh, you know, I'm actually not knowledgeable on that, but I do have a great recommendation for a lactation consultant that you can talk to. No, no, they're just going to ramble on about how they did this and how they did that and this is what you should do. That's not how advice should be given or taken neither. Let me just say, if you hear baby girl yelling her head off in the background, just know that she is fine. She is okay. She just doesn't like that I am untouchable right now. And so she's okay. And I'm sorry. I will try to make her sound like she's not there. But if you can hear a glimpse of her, just know that she is fine. <laughs> she just doesn't like not being able to touch mommy. Totally understandable. But back to our very interesting topic that is sadly about to end. <laughs> As your child's parent, you need to know that all of the decisions regarding your child are yours to make. Unless you are harming your child, in which case any mandated report will be required to intervene and such and such and such, and then your rights get taken away. However, we're not talking about those scenarios we're talking about, <laughs> you know. And so you have that choice just because when Jenny turned one, the doctor's office was like, oh, do you want us to do a, a, a fluoride whatever on her teeth? And I said, no. And they were like, okay. That's what her doctor's office, mostly melanated staff. Her doctor is a melanated woman. I don't want to see anyone else. There's other providers at that same um, office because they kind of float around. But I choose to see one particular doctor who is a woman. She is a Caribbean woman. She, I mean, her, her nurses are, are, you know, women of color. I just, I want to be around that. And so when I talk to them, they already know what's up. But you are in charge. If you don't want them to give your kids five shots, you can say no. And a lot of times they like to throw in like, oh, but, you know, two of them are combo shots. And those combos, there's like three shots. So it's not really five. So you need to tell me they're getting five separate needles or is it like five shots in one and then there's one single shot? You have to know these things because unfortunately there's too many times where we take our kids to the doctor and they're fine and then they leave and they're sick and we're, we're going crazy. We end up going to the emergency room. Things happen. We're nervous. We're crying. We're anxious. We're, we're getting depressed. We're stressed out. God forbid you're, you're a single parent and now you're doing all of this alone. All because we weren't informed of what is happening, what is happening to our child, what might be the best way to take care of them. Before we even got here, what could have been things that we could have prevented before? What are some things we could have helped, you know, in her body, accepting these toxins or whatever the case is, instead of just throwing them out to the wolves, you and the child clueless. And so... You have to have these conversations about these things. And, you know, I talk a lot about 
um, you know, vaccines and stuff, because that's usually one of the biggest like controversy in these topics is that a lot of parents are choosing their own vaccine schedules or if they want to vac- vaccinate at all. And I mean, I'm, I'm an immigrant child, so I definitely have that very notorious scar on my arm from that mega combo shot, whatever the hell that thing was, because what kind of needle gives that kind of a scarring? But um, in a in a previous actually um, masterclass that I was hosting, I had a uh, you know I had a class full of parents, and um, I was I was letting them know that you can actually hold your child while they're getting um, their shot. Most parents do. Some fighters, I don't know what they're saying. Um, but not only that, but you can actually breastfeed your kid while they're getting their shot. And literally so many women were like, really? Really? You could do that? Oh my gosh, I didn't know. I would have been did that. Yeah, you could do that. You can definitely do that. And one literally, one mom, and I've had that experience as well, where one mom said, I asked if I could, and they said, no, stop asking permission to parent your child. You asked, and they said, no. Oh, fucking K. What that got to do with you? Because let's list the logical reason for why it wouldn't be beneficial for you to breastfeed your child while they're getting shot, while they're getting a, a, a vaccine. You're holding them, which is usually recommended. The other way to hold them is having them literally locked down on a, like on the, on the bed. Like they're a, some crazed individual that needs to be strapped in a a, a straight jacket holding them down they're getting frustrated they're being still none of that is comfortable you know what is comfortable when they're feeding when they're relaxed they're not focused on what's happening over there they're at the breast they're focused on feeding or they're drinking their bottle whatever they're just focused elsewhere with them being focused elsewhere your hands are free to hold down their leg or to, you know, you can hold your child in a way where you're breastfeeding and you're covering their legs so the nurse can just go where they need to. And then they're done. They might cry. They might not. They might have been so focused on eating that they didn't even notice that they just got a vaccine or two. What's the problem with that? I've literally had a nurse tell me that it's against their policy because the nurse can get jabbed. Ma'am, if you're telling me that your your nurses, because this is this is quoted, this is me. If you are telling me that your nurses are inexperienced enough that if someone moves, that they will get jabbed themselves, then they're not the kind of person that I want giving my child the vaccine. And if you have someone else who's more experienced in giving needles to people, especially kids. I would want that person because you mean to tell me that you expect all kids to just stay still and be quiet. That's weird. Okay. So be confident in that. And if they say that you can't do it anyways, if they have a real problem with it, let them cancel the appointment. I bet you they won't let them have a problem with you. Too many times you want to kiss these doctors asses and they're not paying not one medical bill. They're not paying not one rent, one mortgage, not one car note, car insurance, not nothing. They ain't even pay for the piece of bread in your fridge. Nothing. 
So why are we giving them so much authority on the things that we can do with our kids that are safe, effective, and helpful for all? What is the point of being, you know, so intimidated by them when their habits and their, most of the times, their methodologies are old, beyond old. I mean, their textbooks still say that brown individuals do not feel intense pain. If that's not slave old, I don't know what is. Like, we're talking the 17, 1800s. This is ridiculous now. There's no reason why we should be taking too much of someone's word when their textbook literally still says that in 2022. Or when, if you were to ask them how many photos, how many... How many medical photos have you seen where the patient was a person of color? Are any of the dummies that you use in class people of color? Come on now. I'm definitely not taking your word. You don't even work on all people when they're dummies. Get out of here. I'm going to, you know, take in what you're saying. I appreciate your expertise and your knowledge. I definitely didn't do 12 plus years of school. But I know what's best for my child, and I know what I want to do with them. And if you're not willing to cooperate with that, then I will find someone else who will, because there are people who will. There's a lot of providers who will. So one common form of, you know, medical professionals doing this is disempowerment. And, you know, that's especially when the pediatric office loves to throw, it's our policy. That's Bullshit. Pure bullshit. When you hear this, that's a red flag. You see that toxic person? We're walking the other way. That toxic person? We're walking the other way. Okay? We are walking the other fucking way. Pick up your child, kick up the deuces, and bounce, leave, skedaddle, dip. Make sure that door don't hit you on your way out, girl. Leave whatever. Get your bread, get your bread, then leave. Okay? Because what? It's like your parents telling you because I said so. If you believe something that is quote unquote policy to not be in your child's best interest, respectfully ask the pediatrician or the nurse or whomever is telling you this to explain and back it up. Not just explain, because people can explain all their bullshit. Trust me, we've all had people that explained all of their bullshit. But back it up. I want to hear the fact. What's the scientific, hard, concrete, researched fact about what the hell you're saying to me right now? Most of the time, they don't have any. And most of the time, they're not acknowledged in it. Why? Because it's out of their scope. Stop letting these motherfuckers tell you what to do. <laughs> you can see how hype I get in person classes because woo, I be getting my parents wild. Oh, they be like, yeah, we ain't finna look like that. We ain't. <laughs> I be making my parents into gangsters because that's really the energy you gotta come at it. Now I'm not saying be rude, be disrespectful, curse, or anything like that. You can still say all of this in a respectful, firm manner. I never curse. I never have to raise my voice. I don't do none of that. Because I'm not. I'm What I said is what I said, and that's it. Period. Who? 
<laughs> so we're not going back and forth on this. Honey, what we're not going to do is go back and forth. I'm not your mother. You don't argue with me. I'm not arguing with you neither. Like, what the fuck are you doing, bro? What's up? What's up was really good. Oh, I have to stop. I have to stop. <laughs> because it's just so important for us to really get geeked up when we go to these apartments. Be on your bully. The nice bully. <laughs> Until you have to take that bully out. But be on your bully. Be on your bullshit. Know what you there for. Know what you're talking about. Be well-versed. Be, you know, rehearsed if you want to. If you want to take it like that. Be well-educated, informed. Know your rights. Because it's so important. Especially when we're dealing with kids. You know, people would love to guilt trip us. And we're already guilt trippable. Oh, you don't want your child to do what? <laughs> You're going to allow them to just die? What? Who said they're going to die? How are they going to die? And you got a secret you want to tell me, bro? Because what the fuck? <laughs> Ain't nobody talking about dying. Why are you talking about dying? You need to, you know, ask questions. They hate questions. And it's for a reason. If your medical professional loves questions, keep them. If they hate every time you ask them a question, see that toxic person? Or walking the other way. <laughs> Drop them. Drop them like a bad habit. Drop them them it's okay you don't need them they need you remember that you're literally what's keeping them in business and remember you can make suggestions to mitigate these concerns using my you know example that i mentioned also if you go and look at the blog post i do have it written so you can literally just take a screenshot and use that same, like, I guess, template to encourage you so that you do have things that you can say and you can kind of follow like a guideline. Um, so let me know if you actually do use it and how has your care changed since doing that. But you can do these things and make sure that you're doing what you feel like is comfortable for your child and best for your child at the end of the day. You don't need to be intimidated by your pediatrician after asking about using, uh, you know, at least for us, after asking about using a modified vaccine schedule and being told, no, this is against our policy. I've had a mom, you know, because I, 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 I retell these stories a lot. And so I was retelling the story to another um, coaching class. And I had one mom confessed and said, who am I to question someone who went to school for this stuff? And that's a perfect comment or idea that a lot of people have in their minds. Who am I? I, I don't know anything. I didn't go to school. Or, you know, let's say I'm young. I'm a teenager. I literally don't know anything about any of this. Or maybe, you know, whatever your age is, whatever your background is, who cares? What do you mean, who are you? You are the parent. That gives you already enough, right? Ability, confidence, whatever you want to call it. But it gives you that perfect opportunity to show your child that you are forever their advocate. 
and the one ultimately responsible for their well-being. Let's be honest. Like we've, you know, shared on this podcast before, especially with our organization and the advocacy for healthcare and maternal care, especially for our brown individuals in this country, we do not get, uh, you know, A++ care. We don't. Most of the time we're rushed in and out of offices. We, we request appointments early, but we don't get to see anyone until hours later. We're getting, we're being told all of these large terminologies. Most people don't even have a clue what's being told, said to them during appointments. They come out saying, well, they just told me I got to take this drug, so I'm going to fill up my prescription. We have to do not just better as a community, but better as a whole. And, you know, for the medical professional part, it takes time, but our part doesn't have to take time. And... I can't stop saying this. This is why I love my organization and what I'm doing and love organizations for other women of color, birthing people, for us to have those rights and to have our voice heard and spoken for because we are dying astronomically at the hands of providers because we blind, oftentimes it's due to the, you know, the, the, blindly listening and just taking in any, anything and everything. And we, we slowly end up just being at their will. And you should carefully consider research and weigh out every single decision. Choosing a conscious and well-informed course of action that you are confident in. Your pediatrician will walk out of that room after five minutes with your child and not give them another thought. They will see almost 20 to 30, 100 kids in that day or week. They're not going to remember what they said to yours. They're repeating it. They're not, most of the time, they're not giving personalized care. It's CDC care. It's who care. And I mean... Once again, those aren't really the pinnacles of we care for all people in this country. They haven't really been showing us that, if they've ever shown us that. And so you you have to be okay and understand what the outcome is when you enter a pediatrician office or doctor's office, even for yourself. Take this advice for yourself as well. Because you have to remember, you're, go- you're the one going home with whatever it is that they did. You're the one that has to then deal with a fever from your child. You're the one that has to deal with an allergic reaction from your child. You are the one that has to be up on times of night when they're throwing up, when they're shaking and shivering, they're not eating. It's you, not them. It's you, it's, you're the one that's going to gonna be crying and pleading and wondering and praying and hoping and wishing and searching up things that we should have searched up before. And once again, like I said, this is no shame to anyone. I've been there. It's really different when 
you've actually been there and you you see like oh man like the the change of care is incredible it's really sad but it's incredible and this is why i talk about these things and i allow for people to be their own advocates because it's important that we use our voice because our voice literally has been shut out not heard not listened to for forever unless it's used to benefit other people it serves no use most of the time and we cannot let that be a thing anymore not anymore not on my watch <laughs> and so you want to remember you know at the end of all of this that ask questions figure out things do your research beforehand figure out what are things that you can do to help your child um, before their appointment, let's say they are getting vaccines, there are ways that you can, you know, vitamins and minerals and herbs that you can give them beforehand that will help them, you know, you know, their bodies respond better to vaccines. There's things that you can do immediately after. Tylenol is not one of them. Stop giving your kids Tylenol after they got a vaccine. Please, I am begging you. Tylenol has already been linked, scientifically linked to autism and other forms of mental health concerns, so please stop giving your, your child Tylenol, Motrin, whatever. Do the research of everything that you would need to know before and after. There's plenty of us, all of us, who are here to help you and truly help you. Seek out for people of color if that's what you want. Even if you're a non-person of color and you want someone of color to you know service your child do that so you can just show your child diversity and you know that everyone can do anything they want do that support our brown providers give them the uh, the, the 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 convenience that they need of having patients who are there and are informed and are are aware of what's happening acts you know why things are happening. Gather any other information that you can from them that you would feel would help. And any decision-making process that you have, if you have, you know, family members that can help you in making the decision, do that. Talk to your partner. Talk to whomever you need to. If you need to go on Facebook and ask a group, even you know, there's plenty of times you know parents are like, "Why are you guys going out? Why don't you ask a medical professional?" Well, yeah, I did, and I'm just trying to get another opinion, okay? I'm trying to see what y'all did. Stop bashing people that ask Facebook groups or ask Twitter what they should do at the doctor's office because clearly the doctor ain't telling them enough. You know, it's, it is your decision what happens to your child at this office and if you even want to be there enough for that decision to be made. Ultimately... You have to remember that your pediatrician works for you. They are not a god beyond question. They, they ha may have that god complex, narcissism, but that does not make them a god. They are someone that just went to YouTube University for a very, 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 very long time. And it's not to discredit or disown anyone's expertise, experience, or knowledge, because I'm even saying that for myself, and I definitely didn't graduate from YouTube University, honey, but I know 
that when I don't know something, I'm proud and I'm clear in letting that be known. And I know that I'm well-versed and capable of talking about the topics that I am knowledgeable about. And if I need more of an expertise, uh, uh, you know, to dig deeper into that, I'm more than happy to recommend you to someone who is more versed in that. But we have to realize that they are just a resource for you to take care of your baby. There's people who've never seen a doctor, and they are perfectly fine. Not saying that you need to do that, but, you know, like, it's not the worst case scenario, neither. When you walk into that office, I want you to remember this. You set the tone for your relationship with your pediatrician. If you are courteous, respectful, informed, and assertive, I am here to seek wisdom. But remember, I'm not offering my baby up for discussion. This should be a great relationship. It should be, and it has to be one. Sometimes it may take a few pediatricians before you find the right one. For us, it took us three times. And it was fine. I didn't mind jumping around because I knew what I wanted for our daughter, for our family. I wanted someone that looked like me. I wanted someone that would listen to the things that I want, that is not strict on quote-unquote policies or follows the CDC's rules word for word, page for page. I wanted personalized care. I wanted for my pediatrician to remember my daughter's name. And it's possible to have that. This isn't private insurance care. This is public care I'm getting. So don't think it has to be, oh, I'm paying out of pocket. No, I don't pay anything. But I'm very in tune with what I decide to do and who I decide to, to do that, to allow to do that. And so understand that confidence, understand your power because you have so much power in you. You have so much ability and I want you to harness that. I want you to take ownership in that and show your child what that looks like to be empowered, to be informed, and to be there. Because you are there. You're there to advocate. You're there to be aware of things. You're there to help. And there's nothing wrong with wanting the best care for your child or yourself. Because you deserve it. It shouldn't be just for certain people of certain shades or certain demographics or certain financial upbringings. Great health care is for everyone. Being human is free. We just made it a profitable service. But being healthy is not something that you should have to pay high cost of search high and low for. ZocDoc is actually a great way to find providers in your area and see the reviews as well, see what they're certified in, their um, knowledge and backgrounds or skills. Maybe if they have any, maybe they may be well-versed in ASL. Maybe they're vegan. Maybe 
you know, they're they're bilingual or, you know, they have other skills. They're they're great with um, kids with special needs. It's 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 a wonderful service to use. I found we found our provider there and we love her. Um, I don't know about anybody else at that office, but Dr. Jones, I love her. And so took us some time, like I said, but great care. And it's possible. And so we're going to end off today's episode now because we are already an hour in. And like I said, this is a topic I, our talk I'm so passionate about because I've seen with my own eyes how careless and just, just terrible some people can be in a position of power and how they will take advantage of us. And I really, really, really want us to have better because we deserve better. It don't matter how they've been treating us. We do not and we will not tolerate that anymore at all. And so I want for you when you're listening to this or when you read the blog for you to have a sense of newfound confidence to feel like you can just take the world down. And we will, one day at a time. But I promise that you got this. You can do it. You have the ability to make a change in your child's life, in your life. And even if that has to start with your child's pediatrician or even your own doctor, it is very, very possible. And you don't have to be scared. But even if you are, it's okay. I'm scared most of the time. I was scared when I had to do it myself as well. Especially I was by myself without my husband to back me up. It can be scary to tell someone of authority what to do. It is. But just know that I'm there. We got you. This is your community. This is your village. You are not doing it alone. I promise you, you're not. And if somebody has something crazy to say, baby, message me. Hit me up. Let me know what they say. I need name, office, address, everything. We're going to get them in trouble, okay? But just remember that. We got you. I love you. And thank you so much for reaching the end of today's episode. This week's episode, I mean. I hope everyone has a great rest of your day and I'll see you guys next week. Bye.